about to train some carrier pigeons because I ain't answering this phone no more. I'm about to record a new episode of the Miseducation of the People featuring the 30 Life podcast. This one is for the fellas, and we're talking about a whole bunch of different things. We're talking about breaking generational patterns, Ice Cube's platinum plan, dealing with rejection from women, why people ghost when dating and the effects it causes, the journey of developing self-awareness, dirty macking, learning about relationships and submission in relationships, just to name a few topics. So get ready, stay tuned, and let's go. Beats by Pete Samples. Miseducation. Miseducation. You. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to the Miseducation of the People. New Miseducation. I'm your host, Taryn Morgan, a.k.a. the real Mr. Morgan, a.k.a. the body god. Know what I mean? Shout out to the listeners, for real, man. We got a lot of uh, new listeners. Uh, shout out to Juju and her following. What's good with y'all? Yo, I was looking at the stats. Mountain View, I don't know where you are, but y'all got like twice the views. I mean, um, twice the listens from anywhere else. So, and I mean, let me know. Uh, first one to DM me the answer gets a free hoodie uh, from a new collection that's coming very soon. Just want to see where y'all from listening and all that. You know, try, just trying to see who our listeners are out there. So, you know, hit me up. Go ahead, DM me at Real Talk Session Series. And then, you know, we'll go ahead and, you know, send you your merch and all that good stuff. Shout out to the people who watch the utensils well. Um, I don't want no extra mac and cheese crumbs from last week as a flavor enhancer, all right? Uh, you, you know I'm extra petty, so I'll be looking all hard inside the fork because, you know, that's where it be hiding, inside the fork and, like, where it meets at the intersection, you know what I mean? So um, when I see that, I'll be like, let me get this thing here a little wash. And I ain't going to lie, though, I'll be doubling back all the time and we washing shit. So, you know, don't, don't, don't take offense if you see me. Go ahead, get that thing a little wash and a little scrub real quick, you know what I mean? It's, it's all love, you know? We, we, in, we in COVID right now, so... No, no chances to be taken. I mean, um, shout out to our Nigerian brothers, sisters and individuals. Uh, police brutality is going on all over the world, but it's super real over there. And um, our government is not showing it. Their Internet is controlled by government. So, you know, they're there. It's a lot of stuff that's not being seen. It's a, it's a bloodbath over there. So um, SARS has been violating for big time. Just their government overall over there in Nigeria. So. I just want to send nothing but love, peace, blessings, and protection to the people over there, you know. And please make sure that you are bringing awareness to this support. Um, I'll go ahead and see if there's any donation links, and I'll put those in the show notes also. But, um, yeah, I'm feeling good, feeling charged up. Um, Had to take last week off because it's been a lot. Um, I've been doing a ton of shit without taking a break, and my body was definitely telling me to slow down, you know. Starting to feel the aches and pains of being 33 and just in general. And I mean, like it's cold season, it's flu season, you know, we still got the COVID going around here. So, you know, wasn't too sure what was going on with me, but, you know, my body's telling me slow down. Um, so I boost my immune system, got some naps in because I know nap is life and took a few days off because it's been really hectic for me. Um, but it, it's been really uh, productive time also. So, you know, let's, since last time, you know, let me fill y'all in what's been going on with me. So I've been having a few big wins. Um, my first national publication came out in NAMI's Advocate magazine. I mean, I'm very excited about that. And it's about how I'm using my mental health story to create change. So if you are interested in reading that article, it's going to be in the show notes. I mean, take a look at it. You know, I'm just out here trying to make a change, help my people out, especially when it comes to black men who are suffering in silence, you know. Um, second one that was big, you know, kind of historic almost. I mean, 
I put together the first esports team for my university and they won the very first DTLR radio virtual HBCU Battlegrounds Call of Duty tournament. So we went up against um, GSAU, I believe that's uh, Johnson C. Smith, uh, FAMU. And, you know, they, 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 they killed it. You know, the students, good, good players, but, you know, we came out on top. So a uh, shout out to community. It's a uh, Atlanta-based nonprofit that's truly trying to promote um, black people getting into esports because that is a upcoming billion-dollar industry. And what I'm saying, like, billion-dollar industry, they had a championship for this game I've never heard of ever. But they had more people watching combined than the NFL uh, Super Bowl, the MLB um, World Series, and the NBA Finals, all for one tournament. So, you know, there's a lot of potential there. So if you've got any little cousins that's playing, put them on early um, because that's going to be the next wave. Also, shout out to 300 Entertainment and Twitch for powering the event. Um, definitely was a good time and our students enjoyed it. So, you know, they're still on the high, riding from that, you know, trying to see what the possibility is for um, esports long term. But, you know, it's very very big potential so far we're seeing that you know because with pandemic you don't have traditional sports out there that can't come together but esports you know you're right there playing video games you're right there inside the house so you know it is what it is but um i've been really uh staying low in my a little bit but i had to pop out real quick for my boy kavan's birthday happy birthday and just mad libras overall i don't know what it is i know mad libras it's been a whole bunch of y'all birthday so salute to y'all happy birthday and all that good stuff but you know I had to pop out real quick, you know. Um, I had the fresh black suit, the smooth-ass baldy, the bed shape up. You know, it was like the trifecta, so it had me on a whole different level. So, you know, I had to let the ego come out a little bit, see what the streets was doing. You know what I mean? And you just pop back in real quick because it's COVID still. I ain't, I ain't messing around. But um, that, that was cool for me because I haven't seen a lot of my people probably for like a year or so from that circle. Um, so, you know, and especially with everything going on with – the pandemic you're not exactly around people you would see all the time so it was dope to get out really quick um but you know for me um it, it's been like uh, two years of just really just shutting the fuck up and moving to silence um you, you don't really have to gloat about all your moves achievements etc but i know for me it's been a very long losing season for real so it's like I just want to thank myself for never quitting and really celebrating those wins that I've been getting more often recently. So, you know, um, I've talked about a lot of my downs, my valleys, the past uh, couple months, years, whatever. And, you know, I'm not really in that place no more. So, you know, I'm, I'm not 100% at my goal, but I'm a good 85, 90%. I can see the, the end line right there, you know, the goal, the light in the tunnel. Um, it's kind of like uh, running. Um, I'm, I'm a long distance runner. I like doing that. I know my big ass <laughs> see me out there 210 running, um, doing long distance shit. But like that, that's something I actually enjoy versus like sprints and all that stuff. And it's like I can I'd be like four or five miles running, but it's at the last 100 yards. You know, that's when I get the second win and I sprint that shit out. So that's what this moment really feels like. You know, I'm about to hit that big goal. I'm going to definitely celebrate. Then I'm going to get right on to accomplishing the next goal, you know. Um, in the past, I always got caught up on the eternal celebration of what I've done prior. But, you know, I didn't really realize that it's all about moving forward. Yeah, the past ones are cool, but what are you doing today to stay relevant, to improve, to grow, etc.? You know, so having the vision and taking actionable steps is key. 
not being afraid to fail, not getting caught up on perfection because perfection is a form of procrastination. And I'm very guilty of that, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of y'all out there too. So just really getting y'all the mindset of moving forward, just get the shit done. Fuck the perfect mindset because that's what society really put in our minds to be always be perfect. But clearly we can see now that that was a facade and that was just some bullshit because we see who's running the pre the, the, the country. The, the president is not perfect. His whole crew is not perfect. So, you know, and perfect is subjective. So there is an infinite amount of perspectives. Um, your opinion and vision is the only thing that really matters. Fuck what everybody says, you know. Um, someone's going to either get down or lay down. Is it going to be you and having society winning and you being unhappy? Or are you going to be holding yourself accountable, getting to the fucking bag? And when I say bag, that's money, that's your goals, that's your dreams, becoming a better father, becoming a better mother, etc. While breaking out of the bullshit conditioning that we have been subjected to by our respective environments. You know, I'm, I'm done playing that victim shit. And if you know, playing that victim card, you know, you're going to get called out because it's all about improving and not finding excuses. Cause you know, in the past I found a lot of excuses not to do things that I know I should have done, but you know, once you know better, you do better. And that's the same thing. You know, that's a part of loyalty. I keep talking about is that when you see a people fucking up, you got to correct them and correction is not punishment. That's just telling you like, yo, I got you. Um, and the thing that I'm really seeing right now is, you know, is that my ceiling is someone's floor. You know, the work I'm putting on right now is going to help boost somebody up behind me. You know, I don't have issues with helping others, especially those who are a little behind me and are kind of on the same path. But, you know, I'm out here helping people. There's enough money out here for all of us to win. It's not a pie. We don't have to think about ourselves at all. Um, I, I know society really pushes us to be more individualistic, but we need to come together because we are stronger that way. So fuck all the bullshit that's going on and, you know, stop, stop thinking about yourselves, you know, and help your fellow man. Shout out to y'all who have been listening consistently. Shout out to new listeners. Um, truly appreciate the support. Please make sure you're sharing the podcast, rate, review, subscribe, you know, um, trying to see who more of our followers are. So, you know, interact because that's the main thing. You know, if I know what y'all want to hear, I mean, I can make it something happen. If y'all have somebody dope around where y'all live at, you know, maybe I want to highlight them on the podcast. So, you know, connect with us, share it, sign up for our email list. Um, we're going to be sending out some stuff soon, some discount codes for some stuff, merch, hint, hint. Even some contests, like we, we doing anything. So the link to sign up for that is in the show notes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Real Talk Session Series and let us know your thoughts. Um, YouTube is finally growing, finally over 100 people, subscribers. So, you know, we could always do some more on there. We have a lot of video content that's coming out, educational stuff, and we want to make sure that it's spreading around. We're getting the information to people who actually need it and who will benefit from it the most, which is our people, you know, because... We're not getting that information from anywhere else and you can't expect for your oppressor to do right by you. You know what I mean? So I'm just trying to help my people coming out. We still have the melanated mental health moment quarantine edition videos going on. Uh, took a break last week too. Cause yeah, it was real, but we got another one coming out this Thursday tomorrow. So, you know, we got the audio coming out on the podcast and also we got the video version too, which will be in the show notes. So make sure you are checking that out. Share it with anyone who may be struggling with the pandemic or not struggling because we're all in this together. And, you know, uh, the tips and advice can assist 
when you know someone is at the lowest point so you know you never know what it can do just share send somebody like hey got this video take a look real quick you know what i mean um shout out to juju bay you know what i mean we had a dope ass hoodoo heritage month video series for that month of october uh we do actually have one more video but we had some technical difficulties mercury retrograde is real <laughs> so you know it is what it is you know we don't dwell on the fuck ups we just keep it moving we adapt we adjust and you know do what we gotta do so we're gonna uh reshoot that and stay tuned because you may get some additional surprises i don't know but you gotta be subscribed to our youtube to find that out uh, make sure you're getting that merch because currently what is in the store you are not going to be seeing very soon. Um, taking a lot of shit away. So if you want something last minute, better hurry up and go get it. Um, just finalizing new hoodie designs that are coming out soon. I mean, some fly shit. You, you're going to like it. Something for the holidays, you know. And remember that all proceeds are investments towards our mission of bringing easily accessible educational resources to black communities across the nation. Also, if you would like to donate, that is an option. Please visit realtalksessionseries.org. So on to what the fuck is going on out here. Um, first off, I would like to say rest in peace to Walter Wallace Jr. And sending nothing but positivity and good vibes to his family. Walter Wallace Jr. was a family man that was shot and killed while going through a mental health crisis. His wife told police that he was manic bipolar, but there was no de-escalation attempts only 14 bullets and this is the continued bullshit that we always see adults with untreated severe mental illness account for one in four fatal police shootings according to experts and you know majority of those people are black and when we see our white domestic terrorists here um they're labeled mentally ill as a slap on the wrist and they're taking to get help you know um when we haven't killed anyone and we're experiencing mental health incidents, we're killed faster than you can blink. Just another way of America telling us that our black bodies don't matter at all. So, you know, please be safe out there. Um, and, you know, just love your people a little bit more because shit's getting real, especially with this election going on. And, you know, these politicians will always use black celebrities as pawns. I ain't going to say no names, but y'all know who was out here doing shit. Um, we actually touch on something um, about that later on in this episode. But I just want to go back to this Malcolm X quote from an interview at UC Berkeley from 1963. So he said, show me in the white community where a singer is a white leader or a dancer or a trumpet player is a white leader. These aren't leaders. These are puppets and clowns that have been set up over the black community by the white community and have been made celebrities. And usually they say exactly what they know the white man wants to hear. So, you know, people tap dancing just to get their little tax credits and all that shit. But, you know, we, 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 we see what it is. We may not see what it is, but now you do know what it is. You know, like sometimes people just need to stick to plant making amazing music because that's what they do and leave the politics, the policy development, etc., to the professionals, the people who actually have experience with it. Uh, not necessarily people who have degrees because degrees don't mean shit, but people who have a proven track record of making change and one that is not from a selfish uh, point of view, something that is not self-serving. That's only going to help you and your rich friends. So, you know, leave it to the people who actually know what the fuck they're doing to get out of the way for people. Um, election day is now. It is not next Tuesday. Next Tuesday is the last day to officially vote. 
Um, we already are seeing higher early voting numbers compared to 2016. Um, according to data from CNN, Edison Research and Catalyst, more than 60 million pre-election votes have been cast and 33 states already surpassed their pre-election vote totals from 2016. And just to give you a heads up, in 2016, 58 million total votes were early uh in 2016, 58 million votes were cast early, either in person or by mail. So this is as of Monday. So, you know, we're above by 2 million compared to 2016. But um, do not mail your ballots because we see how it is with the post office and how they're cheating and fucking up mail delivery. Go to your local ballot drop off or vote early in person. Yes, there is voter suppression going on out there. You got long lines and a whole lot of BS that they bring into the table. But make sure you're coming properly prepared. Bring snacks, bundle up, comfortable shoes, and just be comfortable in general because you're going to be in line. But we need to get these clowns the fuck out of here for real. Lastly, Amy Coney Barrett, I really don't care how I say your name, honestly, uh, she was sworn into the Supreme Court. So um, this lady only has two years in private practice, never has tried a case, never argued an appeal, never argued before Supreme Court. Most private work involves civil cases, not criminal cases, 15 years of teaching experience and never served as a judge until 2017. Um... Yeah, so we, we see what's going on here. Uh, pretty much the Republicans are trying to get, well, they have the majority and they're trying to keep it that way. Um, that's why we really need to get people the fuck out of here. So as usual, the uh, Republicans are going against the words, lying, cheating, whatever. Lindsey Graham's bitch ass stated that we should not be voting in Supreme Court justices prior to a presidential election. So this is before Donald Trump became president. So he's directly going against the word that he said a few years ago just to get this lady in before the election. So, you know, they don't play fair. Um, and honestly, we see what the fuck's going on. And there's a lot of uh, things that are in jeopardy, including the Affordable Care Act, um, you know, with insurance plans being cheaper um, via this 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 avenue, Affordable Care Act. Right. So, you know, there has not been any options uh, brought to the table of how we're going to provide medical insurance to our citizens, people who pay taxes, uh, people who have paid taxes in the past because, you know, shit goes on, you know, people get sick, all that good stuff. So um, just make sure y'all are keeping an eye on stuff um, and making sure you're taking this voting shit seriously um, and get involved with your local elections because change is really going to occur from bottom up. It doesn't come from up down let's get into today's episode overall i've been having a lot of women's perspective being prevalent on the real talk session series because society often drowns out their voices uh and we will continue to do this but this episode is for the fellas you know um i had the pleasure of talking to the 30 to life podcast brown cooley and mookie uh they provided some great perspectives on becoming a better man all around but you know enough talking here's the conversation all right, so what's good, fellas? 30 Life Podcast. Thank you for coming on to the Miseducation of the People. What's up with y'all? No, I'm just chilling, man. So, um, yeah, we're doing very well. This is, uh, we haven't done one of these style shows in a while, actually. Um, we usually 
carefully and meticulously plan our shows, but um, we like to freestyle it too, so but we're doing good. It's all about thinking on your toes. That's what it is, you know, over here at the Miseducation of the People, you know. And to the listeners out there, we are recording after 9 p.m. I'm an old man, probably the youngest one on this call, but these motherfuckers got kids, and <laughs> we can't do it in the morning, so it's all good. I mean, so, fellas, can y'all go ahead and give a brief introduction to yourselves? And throw a little question on there. Who are y'all when no one is looking? So introduction to who you are. And make sure you say your name before, too, because it's three of y'all motherfuckers. And, you know, people make them confused. So whoever want to kick it off first. Yeah. So before we introduce ourselves individually, 30 to Life podcast um, is really something that was uh, birthed out of COVID-19. Uh, we used to have a show actually called uh, the TNT Comedy Show uh, and... You know, several years later, COVID happened, and we decided on 30 to Life. Uh, 30 to Life represents really a positive spin on mass incarceration or incarceration of Black men. And us mm-hmm. being three Black men in our 30s, um, married with kids, and really just trying to break stereotypes, you know, build legacies for our families and help others mm-hmm. along the way um, is really like our main mission for the podcast that we do. And it's really focused on 30, 30 somethings and really our main core audience are, are black uh, men and women. So um, 30 to Life represents, you know, more than really a podcast, but just more of an experience. So that's why we have the tagline, redefining gotcha. the black experience. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, we got to bring that uh, TNT back to us, a throw, throwback. Now, I mean, that's one of the first things <laughs> that the Real Talk Session series did a video on. Now, I mean, from the barbecue back in the day, I forgot about all about that shit, too. Oh, yeah, but yeah, 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 I remember that. <laughs> yeah. But for the person that was just talking, I mean, make sure you introduce yourself, though, I mean, because the people don't know who you are. So it was good. Tell them who you are. Yeah, so I go by the name of Mookie. Uh, I am originally from Jersey, born and raised, Jersey born, Jersey raised. And right, uh, right now uh, I live in New York and uh, trader uh, background and financed and uh, yeah, married with a kid and uh, yeah. That's who this be. It's be movie. I bet. Hey, just letting the people know who are you when no one is looking to, because I think it's very important, you know, that us as men really get introspective to who we are. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like to classify myself as a introvert, outward. Uh, I think I like, Got you. for me, I like to be alone, um, but when I'm in public uh, or around people, uh, I thrive off that. So it's a hybrid, but people will probably say I'm an extrovert, but uh, when nobody's looking, I'm just, you know, really just uh, just enjoying life, uh, enjoying each and every moment, and really just being thankful and blessed to uh, really just uh, have the success that I had, really. So, um, and, you know, really just, you know, I don't, I don't know, I like to read, I like to listen to podcasts, and I like to play basketball, um, but, you know, I think I'm just, you know, really exploring and learning, uh, constant loner learner, constant thinker, uh, and a family man at first. Yeah, I'm a family guy first. So, you know, love spending time with my wife and my kids and uh, really being around my family. So I'm a family guy. All right, all right. That's what's up. Uh, who got next? Yes, so um, this is your favorite color in the world, brown. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> if you're wondering why I did that, that is my introduction for my show, which is 30 to Life podcast. Um, I am one of the co-hosts, and um, I think I consider myself more of the uh, 
who am I on the show? I think I'm the I think I'm the wild one on the show. Um, singing ass motherfucker, you've been singing <laughs> for years for real. You know, I like to have fun. You know, I'm just a free spirit, not bound by the chains of any religion or, you know, however I am bound by the structures of the white man. But that's another story. Um, but um, yeah, uh, who am I? I am a Family Guy. I am uh, I am I'm in the health, even though I'm about. 10 to 15 pounds overweight overweight right now due to uh non-activity um mm-hmm. i am a i am a father i am a husband uh i i i enjoy comedy um i i you know i'm just i'm just a, a good guy to be around <laughs> um but who am i when no one's looking is that what you said is that the question yeah yes question um, I think I would call myself a, uh, a cerebral escapist. Um, I, I think that I, I, I am a person who is, is very over analytical and I analyze myself all the time, mm-hmm. sometimes to the point where it's probably not healthy. Um, but, um, I would say like, uh, escapist because I, I, I love fantasy. Like my favorite genre of movies is fantasy. I love Marvel. I'm, I'm, I'm a big nerd on, on anime. So, um, I just like to escape to fantasy worlds, you know, even, in, even the ones in my head, but, uh, yeah, I digress. <laughs> yeah. It's your regular podcast guy. Cool. One third member, 30 to like podcast, you know, my father, big sports fan, Nothing too much about me. Just a regular guy, house owner, born in Atlanta, raised in Jersey. That's how I met these two guys. And now I'm living in the sunshine state of Florida. And who are you when no one is looking? Who am I? If I actually told you that, it's going to be a lot of lawsuits. So I'm going to have to just, <laughs> I, just say, I mean, definitely a family man now because got the kid. There's nothing too much to me anymore. I can't be that guy anymore. So I'm just a regular old family guy. Got you. Got you. And all y'all got kids. You know what I mean? Thank God my pull out game is strong. You know what I mean? <laughs> keep, anyway, it, keep it that way, my yeah. brother. Please. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm living vicariously through y'all right now. That's all good. You know what I mean? You know, the crazy thing is I thought mine was strong. <laughs> <laughs> you thought wrong, brother. I thought wrong twice, though. Not not just once. Twice. No, nah, no. Nah, but um, I, I just so always wondered how, how people plan to have kids. Like, how do you plan to have kids, especially when you're married? Anyway. Uh, I, I wouldn't know that. That's all y'all. Side the first of the actors all of, yeah. always. You know what I mean? Y'all gotta stop using those uh, fishnet condoms. <laughs> I want to change it. I love my love my kid to see uh, something that's a version of you just growing up and see everything that you did when you was a kid. It, it's an amazing sight. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. It's, it's dope. Like I can only imagine the experience y'all have, and I know y'all be pissed off because I always heard that your child is kind of like the revenge for your behaviors as a child. So are y'all seeing anything that y'all used to do back in the day that used to piss your parents off, but now you're seeing it in your child? My kid's literally a a splitting image of me. He has a very sarcastic mouth. Everything's a joke. He takes nothing serious and is exactly Mm. who I was. Damn, So, so how do you deal with that? Go to your mother. What's your response to that? All I'm doing is laughing. He know how to get, get me. It's funny. It's funny. because All I do is just send it to his mother. It's gotcha, funny because gotcha. um, I remember the story with my daughter, and so like you know I'm like you know you you mentioned I was a singer, so you know I you know I kind of like sing just randomly out of nowhere, and so one day you know I noticed my daughter was just randomly singing out of nowhere, and I was like okay okay daughter, that <laughs> was just cute, and I was it, it, that's why I, one day I posted <laughs> on Facebook I was like you know um, it's funny because your your children pick up your good and bad habits. 
and 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 it's that's that's both scary and yeah. good at the same time and then, you know depending on the context um but yeah it's just like you got to really be careful about how you're yeah. acting around your kids you it's it's it could be dangerous yeah they often say do as i say not as i do but you know kids do the complete opposite you know everything we do and you listen to half of what we tell them to do so you know i definitely agree with brown we just have to be mindful of it because uh, they're really just absorbed like a sponge especially like the first five years of life so we're learning that every single day now i hear you on that definitely and one thing too when we're talking about kids and seeing within ourselves seeing ourselves within them right we think about stuff that our ancestors our parents our grandparents have gone through or the behaviors they had so i know for me generational patterns that i am breaking um because that's something crucial that i feel you know with our generation right now i think anybody over 30 they're really going through a lot of different things right now and they're breaking out of old conditioning and patterns that they had with their family that have been instilled, you know, because we simply did not know what was going on. There's not a manual to life, right? So for me, when I think about the generational patterns that I'm breaking, right, um, I think it's more so just learning how to become mm-hmm. a producer versus being a consumer, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I come from the hard working family, you know, we out here putting the work, uh, working retail, doing deliveries, all that stuff. And, you know, for me, our generation, we can't do that. I mean, they was buying houses for like $30,000, $60,000 and they chilling, but we can't get a house for less than, you know, $100,000 $100, that's going to be something great for us and that we can easily afford, you know. So for me, I just want to be able to bring in additional resources uh, when it comes to funding because, you know, one stream of income is not good. That nine to five, you know, is not cutting it anymore. So that's the generational pattern that I'm currently breaking. So what are some of the generational patterns that y'all are working on? And I say generational patterns because I don't believe in saying generational curses, you know what I mean? Because we make the decisions on what we want to do with life. So that's why I want to move away from saying curses. So what are some of the generational patterns that y'all are breaking? Firstly, really, really great question. I love that question. Um, I would think, you know, one of the things, so I have a, also have a daughter. So I have a, I have a newborn baby. And I also have an 11 year old daughter and um, niece and nephews. Yes, yes, yes. And um, so I noticed early on that my daughter loved art and um, uh, I just kind of like wanted her to cultivate that. So one of the things that, you know, her mother and I really work well in is, is really pouring into our daughter. So yeah. we, we kind of encouraged her to start her own art business. And mm. um, believe it or not, she's getting Wait, some plug really... the business, plug the business real quick, not me. Oh, 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 KKB Artistry, follow on Instagram, KKB Artistry. It's going to be um, in the show notes too, hook up, not me. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you very much. Like the pages, like the pages. Um, but yeah, so she so she has her own um, art business, and um, she actually donated some some of her pieces to uh, St. Barnabas Hospital in um, nice. Livingston, New Jersey. Um, she she just sold a, a logo I was helping her out with. Um, so I got her into right. the digital. So yeah, I'm, I'm just I, I I teach her to be the smartest person in the room. But I want her to also be a creator. And I think that that to be a creator and also to be like a technically smart person is an ultimate fusion. Uh, uh, Sorry, I use fusion because I'm nerdy. But um, it's just the ultimate combination of of, of greatness. And, you know, when you see that in your kids, you you just push that. But, yeah, to also just sorry. But, yeah, just to be a a creator, a owner and a a technical person. Yeah, but that's what I want my daughter to uh, uh, be. That's dope. I like that you're instilling that in within her early, especially like the entrepreneurship and teaching her how to adapt and use multiple skill sets, you know, something that's natural to her, then also the actual business uh, sets. So uh, since, 
So, fellas, uh, what about the rest of y'all? You know, what what are some of the generational patterns y'all are consciously working on breaking? Definitely, like what Brown said, it's for the kids. So, I have a nine year old boy myself. So, one of the things that I really work with him on and try to change is that strong black male mas- well, not strong, that overly strong black male masculinity. Because one of the things I always do is tell him I love him every single day, like two, three times a day. And when you think about it, how many times did you hear that as a man, definitely a black man growing up? You didn't hear it often, bro. Exactly. So I, I try to be softer, yet I still make him work out, have him play in sports so he can see both sides. I'm trying to bring that to a to a, a medium where you can be soft sometimes. However, you can be a man and stand up for yourself and do the things you need to do as yeah. a man. All right. All right. So what about you, Mookie? Yeah, so my daughter is only one. So right now it's more of, you know, making sure I lead and, you know, lead by example with her. So as far as like generational changes or or legacy changing, it's important to me that um, from a a building wealth standpoint uh, or from like a credit or any of the things that we may not have been taught and you know, by our parents when we're younger, mm-hmm. um, they may not have been aware of, or in high school is more of like financial literacy, right? Making sure, you know, that uh, I am uh, in, in position for economic uh, empowerment through my family. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's important, you know, one book that, that really I, I love is um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you haven't read that, check it out. But it's more of just like, looking at things where, you know, uh, assets and liabilities, and it's so important that, you know, we don't, being in a a consumer-driven economy, that, you know, we don't over-consume and really put ourselves in a place where we're living paycheck to paycheck, Um, because most people can't uh, even uh, cover, like, a $400 emergency, including the number seven out of 10 people. So um, it's it's really interesting. that, you know, we don't perpetuate that from, you know, generation to generation to make sure that we uh, take advantage of it and just really be uh, conscious of what we're spending, make sure that we know where our money's going, making sure that uh, we budget, making sure that uh, we really are, you know, growing our assets versus depleting them. So um, that's kind of what I'm going to instill in my daughter um, now. And, you know, once she turns, you know, three, four, you know, it's really making sure like if we go into a store, one thing that definitely going to teach her, hey, we have, you know, $2, uh, everything in the store. We may go to the dollar store mm-hmm. and we can get two things in there, right? Do you want to save a dollar and get only one thing? It's more of like those type of questions I'm going to kind of do her. So she, so she already has the mindset before she even turns 18. Yeah, that's, that's definitely um, dope right there. And, you know, white families and black families, the information that's passed down is very different. You know what I mean? So I, I think that, you know, it's, like is I always say it's admirable when you're teaching those new skill sets to the younger generations because you know that this only makes them stronger. You know we weren't taught that, so they're gonna get better and they're gonna use the information that we have and advance it tenfold. And then their kids gonna do the same thing tenfold too. You know, so that that's definitely dope and crucial that we need to do right now. Um, and really keeping along the uh, lines of money, right? So what is your relationship with money? And necessarily, if it's not positive right now what are you doing to work on it and if it's something that you know that you're excellent with how did you get to this point financially i mean so you know what is your relationship with money and then you know just tell us you know whatever 
<laughs> on that end, you know. So I'll start this one off because Mookie is the the finance guy, so I'm gonna let him, you know, have the uh, the baton, the, the 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 last run on that one. Right. Um, but so so one of the things that I appreciate my good brother Mookie for is putting me on investments. Like he was the one who encouraged me to open up my own trading account. Oh, and, I need to talk to you then, Mookie. And, my <laughs> and yeah, like he 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 put me on. I ain't gonna lie, he put me on, and he, and he stuck with me because I mean, I, he would tell me, and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Three months later, I ain't do it. Yeah. And then one day, I was like, I'm tired, I'm tired of him bugging me about this, so I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> so I did it, and. He just opened Pandora's box. Like Pandora's box was opened and I am just, I mean, I don't want to consider myself a finance guy, but I consider myself like a business. I, I, I like I like to know and learn about finances. I like to learn about businesses. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, you know, I, I just got to say that, you know, thank you, my, thank you, my good brother Mookie for putting me on, you know? Okay. So prior, so prior to Mookie then, like, what was your relationship with money? Oh, horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, I was living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. I mean, I mean, I was making decent money, um, but still living paycheck to paycheck. I wasn't making the right financial decisions at all. I was really throwing my money away. I was buying, I was buying stuff I didn't need, going on, on these lavish dates and taking these women out. And, not, and you know, I'm not gonna see them in the next day yeah. you know so um yeah i was just it was horrible horrible but living paycheck to paycheck i mean i i never want to go back to that ever again facts facts yeah 2019 2020 was the where i had life teach me that lesson right there you know so you're very fortunate to have mookie there you know because when you don't understand you money is a tool and you know just because you have it doesn't mean you have to spend it and i mean that's a very dangerous behavior and mindset to have you know so mookie how did you get into the financial field? Like, what, what was your motivational factor? I think I think you you, you touched on something big, which was um, black people and white people in terms of disparities. One of wealth, but two the ability that they have uh, to well, not ability, but the act of them passing on knowledge from one generation to another. Um, and obviously, there's you know systemic uh, uh, reasons for that. Um, you know. Um, Red line. I mean, there's, there's tons of things that we can list. Um, but, you know, when we look at the, the wealth gap, it's like tremendous. And it's, it, for me, not knowing anything about finance, right? And I'm talking about like when I'm in high school and stuff, to be honest, I just decided, I was like, hey, like, I want to go into business, right? I want to be a businessman. It was really like my philosophy. And, you know, I just picked it and didn't know anyone else in the major or anything. It just was like, hey, I think this this is where, where I should be. Um, and... For me, like much like everyone else in college, you know, you have student loans, you make yeah. bad decisions, you get you know, brand new car right out of college. I mean, all these bad decisions that you have, but it's just it's just natural. Like I said, like I was mentioning earlier, we are a consumer driven economy and, you know, we are, you know, they spend billions of dollars to market us, you know, from our cell phones to, you know, what we see, uh, the colors. I mean, it's, it's a whole uh, billion, billion dollar industry in terms of like getting us to just spend our money. And then, you know, with social media, it's just heightened it because, you know, we have this comparison that not that we not only do in person, but we do it on, on social media as well. And it just forced people to want to keep up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. And given that all the when we look at the numbers in terms of the disparity between wealth, between black, black people, and white people, we we can't afford to continue to just spend, 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 spend. Yep. Um, we need to save and then we need to invest. But I think first the foundation is like, 
financial literacy, right? Money management and making sure that our children understand that before they turn 18. Because when you look at college, like you, it's very hard for someone who's 18 to get a, a, a business loan, but yep. you can get damn near $200,000 uh, to go to college without even getting a co-signer. So yep. it's really interesting in terms of like a, a decision that you can make in, in a moment can ruin your life. Uh, your life at, at this point. So it's just more, I think it's really important that we do that. And that's kind of like where I am in terms of my mindset. So my relationship with money is not a one night stand. It is a marriage. It's a long-term commitment. Like that's how I'm with, with money. Um, and I make sure that, you know, that I, I'm accountable, hold myself accountable, um, make sure that, you know, budget, make sure I do all those like principles, right? This is foundations that you should have. Yeah. And then from there, you know, you can invest, you can do, you know, invest in the business, invest in yourself, invest in the real estate, invest in all these different things that you can do. But it's just very important that you, that you have that foundation and our children need it because um, if we don't, then, um, you know, they're going to be worse off. And we don't want that, you know, mm-hmm. from, the, from, our, from the black legacies that we have, like they always did more for us so that the next generation is doing better. So the next generation is doing better. And like with the student loan pandemic, pandemic and all these other um, things, especially with COVID, like we're going to be in a, uh, we're going to be in a worse situation if we don't make changes. So that's yep. really my motive and agenda. Sorry for the long winded answer. No, you're good. It's, it's appreciated because we do need the information. And I believe there was a study that showed, I think it's the black dollar stays within the community for six hours, whereas other ethnicities, keep it within days, weeks, within their same community and all that stuff. And the black dollar, I think we have trillions of spending power, I believe, something like that. So we have the money, it's there, and we're funding everyone else. We're not pouring back into ourselves. We're not saving our money, you know. And for me, I had, one of the strategies that I used was that I wrote down every single thing that was coming out of my account, my bills, my subscriptions. And I looked at the fluff, like, if there was stuff I wasn't using, I just canceled that shit. You know what I mean? And having those numbers right in front of you really puts things into perspective for you. You know what I mean? So that's definitely um, crucial right there. And I urge all y'all who are listening to go ahead and to, you know, look at y'all shit, you know? And it takes, it, it's hard to look at yourself in the mirror in that respect, really. But it is crucial. And I guarantee you, you'll benefit from it if, you know, look at the ugly parts of yourself when it comes to finances, right? So along the lines of finances, Ice Cube, Mr. NWA, right? This is somebody that I, I really looked up to, and he was always pro-black, um, really, when it came to political messages, all that stuff, outside of NWA in his solo career, and also just as a personal individual, not, not in the rap industry, right? But recently, he teamed up with Trump for the Platinum Plan. And for me, that hit me out of the blue, because I'm like, dog, you really with Trump, with the oppressor? And when I look at what he's doing, it's strictly a financial move. And I think it says something also, too, that the proposal includes prosecuting the KKK and Antifa as a terrorist organization. But it's still crazy to me that Antifa is anti-government just running every fucking thing. So I don't know how that's still evil, but that's that's a tangent right there. I mean, so what are your thoughts on the Ice Cube Platinum Plan and him working with Trump? this shit got me fucked up well i have always said on previous shows that whatever party brings the better black agenda 
then that's the party that the black people should go with. Now, I'm not saying I know the details of this agenda that he has. I didn't go through it, so I can't speak on it. But I will say, if it is a better agenda for the betterment of black people in which they are more economically empowered, then I will be a, a Republican voter. Mm -hmm. I will leave it at that. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and to add to that, uh, you know, I guess the question that I have is like, why, why do we always, as black people, tend to uh, move towards the Democratic Party? Mm. It's like the Democratic Party has us in our you know, pocket. They have us in the pocket, right? They don't have to earn that vote. They already have it. And uh, and, and and being Democratic, is, uh, it's not nothing wrong with it. I'm Democratic, right? Democrat, I'm part of the Democratic Party. But we still have to talk to the other side. We have to talk to uh, Republicans. We have to talk and, and we have to bridge a gap. Because if we, if let's say hypothetical, Trump is reelected, we're going to wait another four years to not get any progress with Black people. Uh, it, it, that just don't make sense, right? And if we're not being heard by our own party, then we need to we need to make sure that we talk to everyone. Uh, I don't think that's anything wrong with it. Now, if it's a publicity stunt, if we're trying to just get you know in good graces with the Republican Party and Trump, um, but I mean, he put out his contract with uh, Black America, put it out. Um, I think his quote was that he con uh, both parties contacted them one set after the election, mm -hmm. and you know, the Republican Party you know, listen to some of his thoughts and made changes to the platinum, the platinum agenda, which from I see from Trump, I don't, I don't think he's going to actually do anything for black America. Um, but, but I think just having the conversation is so important. They can't just be making their own decision of what they think black people want. They need to talk to people who um, are important in the black community. I do think they should speak to someone like Dr. Claude Anderson um, he has a book called Poweronomics that I think is amazing and, and important that, you know, everyone in the Senate, the House, the president, everyone reads that book, right? If they really want to help uh, uh, black, the black community, help our people um, prosper and just improve and grow and really have some progress. But, you know, having a, I'm not against having a conversation. I'm against all of this politics that come with it and, and things that uh, really uh, sabotage people's image, right? Because Steve Harvey went to go see with Trump. Uh, back in 2016, and he, you know, got destroyed for it. Mm -hmm. But you know, we're not going to have a conversation with the president in the office. I mean, this is the beginning when people, when Dave Chappelle was saying giving them a chance and stuff. Why not like have the conversation so he knows exactly what Black people need? Because he don't know. He a billionaire. He's a white billionaire. What does he really know about the Black experience? He doesn't. So he needs to talk to Black people. Um, and that's the same for Democrats. Like we don't need rich people to, uh, 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 rich black people who never been anywhere talked into them, which Ice Cube is, but, um, they need to talk to some spot and get realistic, uh, realistic agendas together. Uh, not stuff that put together that helps everyone. We need something specific for black people. Uh, and it shouldn't be titled, you know, anything ambiguous. It needs to be helping black people, not people of color, not, um, minorities, black people. And that's how specific the Democratic Party needs to be because we help get Joe Biden in office. I mean, get the uh, presidential nominee. Like when we really think about it, he was going to lose if, if Carolinas did not do what they did um, uh, prior to Super Tuesday, uh, change the whole narrative. So um, I think they, we just need to make sure that our agenda is heard and, and that we listen to. That's all. Okay. So pretty much it seems like it's a financial thing mostly for y'all. 
But for me, I see it as, you know, first off, I am anti-two-party system. Um, they've been fucking us over both sides for many years. I agree. I agree. Um, and you need more options. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I completely understand seeing the other side, too. However, I am for observing patterns and behaviors. You know, um, Republicans more so, they love to put the glamour of money in our face and say, hey, look here, we got this money. And it's not always guaranteed that they give us the money. You know, uh, they, they were talking about for months, oh, we're going to have a second stimulus package coming, delaying it, delaying it. And then, oh, no, you have to wait until after the election in order to get this money. So it's kind of like just dangling the carrot in front of your face that you will never catch ever. And for me, I look at, at the other things, you know, like I said, behaviors and actions, right? So while, yes, there may be a so-called platinum plan financial move that's not going to be guaranteed, if you look at right now what Trump has been doing, he's been taking away uh, diversity initiatives um, and state government stuff. So pretty much that means that if you receive state, fun- I mean, uh, federal funding, colleges, universities, if you are uh, putting out diversity programs, you no longer have that funding and you are at risk of losing additional funds because that is banned by the Trump administration. Also, this man has had a repeated uh, history of siding with white insecurity groups because there's nothing supreme about these groups at all. So my thing is that, you know, we can't just let money be the only thing that moves us forward. We have to be of moving with integrity and looking at every single thing. I mean, because money is only one small piece of the pie when it comes to looking at leadership, not me, but... I would highly disagree. I think okay. money is the biggest part. Um, in reality, money makes the world go around regardless. I mean, economic power is power. It is the power, which, I mean, I mean, why do you think uh, America and China are so at odds right now? Because they're, we're in danger of them passing us in terms of financial power, financial economic power. Um, so uh, money makes the world go around. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just the reality. Now, in a utopian, in a utopian society, Absolutely, I absolutely agree that that you know money should not be a factor because in a utopian society, money wouldn't be a factor. Mm-hmm. However, this is the real world, and you really can't do any of those uh, things that you just mentioned without money. Because who's going to move without money? Mm-hmm. I hear you definitely. And you got to remember too that Hitler was a fascist, and Antifa stands for anti-fascism. So that says that they're against you know preventing that from occurring. So if you have government that's ruling you and saying what you can do and cannot do, then what good is the money if they can legally block you from accessing this money that they promised you? you know what I mean, so that's what I look at. You know, it's all chess moves. They use the finances yeah, to move you a certain way at a worst case and then to block you. But, but it's a reality, though, because right now, a lot of stuff that seemed like it would never happen ever has been happening under the Trump administration. So I, I'm not surprised mm-hmm. by anything. And you know, I know that they have the power to do whatever when you have the funds. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, the glamour of money is this chess move. And just because they're offering us funds doesn't mean that we'll have necessary access to it, you know? So that's just my thoughts on it. But uh, listeners, please uh, chime in because I think this is very important to have multiple opinions on this. Um, Necessarily, I'm not a true political head like this, but, you know, we definitely do have great conversations we can have great conversation on this, definitely. And I know this can go forever, but I got some other topics too. Yeah, you know I mean, okay, okay, but I, yeah, yeah, because yeah. like this, this is a good conversation right here. We could have, you know, so we might have to do part two of this particular conversation though, and have some more people that are more informed. You know I mean, yeah, let me just make two points. One, I think uh, communication is important on both sides. Yeah. Um, and then, and then two, um, as black people, 
you know, we can't depend on either party to 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 fix our our current situation. We really have to do it on our own. Yep. Um, and really, you know, rise from within, right? Fix fix the issues that we have in our own backyard, in our own communities. And if so be it, one of the parties come with something that's going to help us, that'd be great. But we're working on ourselves first. So that's my two points. Yeah. Not for you. I don't trust none of these political motherfuckers because they always lying. So it's whatever. But let's get into some fuck shit now. I mean, it's all good. You know, uh, we're talking about the past. So spouses, if you talk, if you're listening right now, it's the past before they knew you. You know, they are amazing men because of the stuff they went through. But um, oh nothing crazy. <laughs> you good. You good. <laughs> right. So I, I want to know, have y'all ever double backed on a woman that rejected you initially, then months later? started coming at you with that energy, like, yo, she feeling you, right? So I'm going to tell you my situation. I did it once. So, right, I've always had standards for my dick. I want to say that very in the very beginning, right? Um, I wasn't out here messing with every woman I encountered, um, and I rejected plenty of beautiful, amazing women because, you know, that's certain things. If they don't click, then they don't click, you know what I mean? But I always kept to my beautiful woman of all shades of coffee because I don't do outside my race at all, right? So... There was a joint at a party. Um, I was feeling her vibe, so I had shot my shot, but she rejected me. Then uh, we happened to be at the same party in New York, and I was with a bad joint at this time. Uh, Brown, you were here for this, so you might remember, right? Okay. So she was there, and you know, I was there doing my thing, but I had to join with me, right? So then months later, um, I was no longer with the old girl, but we were at a mutual's party, and she walked straight up to me and kissed me. And... Back in the day, I was on my wild boy shit. I was on my sushi yo gang. Now I mean, shout out to Deuces and Meryl. But uh, that connection was short lived because we were on the same frequency. And um, I was horrible with conflict and communication. So I ended up actually ghosting her, right? So have y'all ever had a situation where y'all had double back on a woman that initially rejected you? I mean, I can't say that I have. I mean, every time I've uh, approached a woman, I've seemed to have gotten lucky, I guess. No, <laughs> no. But to be honest with you, um, I think I think everyone has, right? Everyone has had that, you know, opportunity to, you know, get the girl that they didn't originally get. Um, I mean... You know, but at the it's always funny though, because at the afterwards, I'm not really interested in I wasn't interested in that person. So kind of like I guess Dude. the frequency thing you mentioned is right. Like you gotta be on the same wavelength. And if you're not on that same wavelength, then this is never gonna work out. And sometimes that that wavelength is 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 like a seesaw, you know? Yeah. Um so you I agree, you got you get that that's why I think timing is super important too, right. because it just might not be the right time for whatever reason you got going on i mean it could be because you're in school or 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 that person could be uh, uh have have a job elsewhere it just mm. might might not be the right time so timing and frequency i mean it, that all that is combined man Real true. i had a lot of ego back in the day and i was kind of ruled by me my ego right i was a servant to my ego my er, my ego didn't serve me i mean so mm. for a lot of Deep. men that's the same thing you know and um yeah i was just but even when I was rejected, though, I never was like, oh, fuck you, bitch, whatever. I don't use bitch in terms of women usually, but, you know, that's usually how some other men do, right? But I never really had an issue with rejection, right? So how do y'all actually deal with rejection um, back in the day, of course? Ooh, ooh. Um, I think that was the reason why I didn't get turned down a lot, because I was very selective, because I didn't handle the rejection very well. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't think I handled rejection very well ever <laughs> to be honest with you because i'm so critical of myself so so 
I mean, my my critic my criticism of myself has vastly improved over the last couple of years. Mm. Um, but I would say, you know, back then I was so critical of myself that anybody else's criticism towards me would just magnify my own personal criticism toward myself towards myself. Mm. So I didn't handle rejection very well at all. No one would know that, but internally I was like beating myself up. Yeah. You know? And and that's like going into mental health, you know. Well, not going into mental health. I, mean, I don't know if we're going to go into that a little now or later, but whatever. Uh, I'm just going to say mental health, that can really damage your mental health when you're so critical of yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And to, and to add to, to Brown, I can echo those sentiments in terms of being selective and who you approach. Like, oh, yeah, like you see the girl, she gave you eyes, she gave you play, she, she flirting with you, you know, then you're like, hey, I'm going to go in. But, um, you know, as far as rejection, yeah, I, I couldn't stand rejection, right? Especially in front of your boys or anything like that, if you're trying to holler at a girl mm. or anything. So it's really like being selective, making sure, you know, things line up and, you know, like, you know, basically a free throw, right? You ain't, mm-hmm. You're not trying to dunk on someone contested, right? You want a nice, easy uh, free throw or layup. But but I think, you know, that that's probably like younger, right? From high school and I would say like early college. And then, um, and then, I, and then eventually I didn't, I didn't care about uh, rejection. Like I felt I, I, I got to a point um, in terms of like my self-esteem or just like not caring about, you know, what another girl, you know, she tries to play me or curve me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't, it didn't matter to me anymore. I had that confidence. And I think, you know, one thing that women are attracted to is confidence, right? Confidence, you know, swag. And, and once you have that, like, you know, you can, you can turn, you know, a, a no to a not yet. Like with me, I never really had an issue with rejection. Um, I was like, okay, shake it off. Next, you know what I mean, it was, it was not really big to me, right? So ghosting. Uh, so Will, you kind of brought up uh, mental health stuff, right? So back in the day, I was the ghost god. Uh, I, sad to admit, um, I was horrible with conflict and communication, um, and that was the only way I knew how to cut people off, really. But um, uh-huh. was there ever, like, why? Why do you have y'all ever ghosted a woman, or have you been ghosted before? Because I know for me, I got ghosted once. And that's a form of rejection. And necessarily, I understand, you know, with ghosting, it's more so um, it leads people to have their minds create a narrative that it is not in existence. I mean, so that's why communication is so crucial. So people can understand, oh, why this didn't work. Like, it's just, just things in general when it comes to compatibility, you know what I mean? So I think, you know, from a personal development perspective, that communication is good and ghosting can have uh, harming effects on one's mental health, really. But, but um did y'all used to ghost women and why? And if you haven't, have you been ghosted and how did it make you feel? I mean, yeah, I mean, I both. I've been ghosted and I've done plenty of ghosting. Um yeah. I think I think it's a necessary part of dating to be honest with you. I don't think it's I don't mean I I just think it's a necessity. I think everybody has to feel that. Um I think it's like a rite of passage in my opinion. Mm. Um but see, yeah, I mean, go, ghosting is in is necessary um but i've had to ghost because you know i just wasn't comfortable enough to say why i didn't want to talk to the person anymore you know or she could have done something that just completely turned me off and i just you know i just didn't want to talk to her anymore you know so i just ignored phone calls um um you know and then after a while you know the phone the phone calls were would, would decrease and you know they would just gradually drift away um did i feel bad for it afterwards absolutely like i felt like i should have just been very very honest with her and said hey 
you just weren't right for me or you just aren't right for me now i would have had to go into the whole conversation of well, well why did you have sex with me and all that stuff and then i would have to say i was just horny yeah. but um <laughs> but um yeah I, i've had the ghost nah i feel you definitely and like i, I completely got rid of the ghosting um st- strategy i used to use i'll say that for the least i mean uh because when i was going through my depression stuff right it kind of put a mirror up to all the ugly parts of me and you know i, I said i would never ghost ever again but like recently, like I've been in my business, I haven't been focused on relationships at all, right? But there was this young lady I was talking to um, on some business shit. I never took it to any personal stuff, trying to fuck nothing like that. But she took it there on her own. And, you know, I tried to keep doing business. And I told her several times verbally, like, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Then I had to keep go. I had to ghost her because I'm like, yo, you're not respecting my boundaries that I established. So, you know, what else can I do? And then she texts me, oh, you said you ain't ghosting. I'm like, people's egos and not being able to be self-aware. And I mean, it's, it's something that's amazing to me, definitely. So um, speaking of self-awareness, right? Uh, Mm. Emotional intelligence, right? Yes. So when did y'all learn about being self-aware or are y'all still working on that part? So I think self-awareness is a continuous journey and it's never ending. Mm. Um, However, I think that I, I first realized when I, became self-aware was had to be my early 30s maybe 31 going on yeah actually 30 yeah 30 yeah exactly 30 actually it was my 30th birthday um so um yeah I got over I was getting over a really bad breakup and I was just really depressed and I was like you know like I was depressed for stupid reasons you know everything in my life was going on perfectly you know I had a good job you know I was you know I never had any issues getting women mm. I mean it was just I was I was having fun I was you know your, your bachelor and doing my thing yeah and um, I, w- I would just be depressed for no reason and um so finally I, I worked up enough nerve I had good insurance finally so I was like you know what let me just go to a therapist mm. so I went to a therapist and I went to two sessions only and those two sessions literally transformed my whole life. Mm. So what I started doing was I started reading more self-help books. Um, I gave up meat. Um, I started exercising every day. And literally, I just became happy. But one of the, the, the key, the key for, for, for my transformation would be when she said that depression, like depression is really hereditary. Mm-hmm. And that got me on a whole spiral of just researching and um uh, amongst that researching was you know i came across a book uh uh called the um the alchemist Mm. and um and and that book really got me in tune with just wanting to just meditate and 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 really just be in 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 some type of i i i I call it in in a a different world because i i feel like you know you're in a different world when you're just at total peace yeah. but anyway long story short after reading that book the alchemist and after just learning how to meditate and 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 learning just to just about nature in general and how the world works learning astronomy yeah. i think i became self-aware at that moment because i was able to tie science and religion and 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 together or science and spirituality together rather i, I prefer spirituality so science and spirituality together and that what's what i understood how the mind worked after that and then self-awareness became immediately after that Okay. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting uh, process right there. Could you throw in the um, astrology and whatnot? Because I, I, I fuck with astrology, but I really had to learn emotional intelligence first. And then I got into that and, you know, seeing how, you know, the, the natal charts and all that stuff uh, influences yeah, who we yeah. are and the different um, 
planets and all that good stuff. So like that, that that's that's my shit on the low. I mean, but uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but what about y'all? Yeah. So for me, um, in terms of I guess my journey in terms of emotional intelligence, uh, emo, um, was really uh, probably in my mid twenties. I want to say like twenty five um, time frame dealing with death and and just a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, just really just. I think for me, it was just more of like getting at comfort with myself. And I don't, I don't really recall exactly what one thing it was, but, you know, it just was doing a lot of things. So, you know, working out, um, you know, praying heavily. Mm-hmm. I was um, just reading a lot, reading a lot of books, um, you know, um, as far as like career standpoint, just really like stepping outside the box, um, started reading books on like networking and just really like working on, you know, my my presence, my confidence, you know, how I looked at myself in the mirror every day and really just getting organized in terms of, you know, my daily activities and uh, read a book called Never Eat Alone. I think it was a big book in terms of networking and, you know, really uh, just connecting with people, right? Like getting mentors, getting sponsors, getting people who um, will have an interest in terms of your success as an individual, Mm -hmm. you know, in all different aspects and all different careers. And, uh, you know, going through that process, it really just made me to make sure, you know, understand, you know, what's with my surroundings, you know, what's going on, how am I feeling, how am I sounding, how am I looking, you know, how am I portraying myself? And ultimately, uh, you know, it's just something that I'm always like uh, mindful of now. And it's, it's, it's a work in progress, you know, each and every year, just trying to improve being better than you were yesterday. But um, yeah, that, this is a process and it's more of, you know, sex, self-reflection is always important, you know, every day. No, I feel you definitely. And when one one thing I noticed too is that when individuals do not have uh, high emotional intelligence or self awareness, uh, that they tend to be more jealous or insecure about themselves. So you know they kind of hate on what other people are doing, right? So have y'all ever had an incident where another man hated on you or dirty Max? Um, or have you ever did that to another man? I mean. Um, I know for me, I had a story uh, when I got dirty max. It, it was horrible. Like this shit happened, right? So there was this young lady I was messing with, and I uh, time went by. We weren't messing with that around no more, right? So I had went to this spot, um, you know, my, my spot. You know, I like to take women to, right? And I actually went to it twice, two days back to back with two different women, right? But there was a security guard that worked there, and I didn't know who he was at all. But the second night I came in. He drives this. He was like, yo, weren't you here yesterday with another woman? And then I found out he was messing with the woman I was mess- entangled with. We'll say an entanglement, right? A few months ago prior, that's actually his baby mom's, right? So that's the only time I've been dirty macked on like that. Have you ever had an incident like that before? Yeah, I remember one time I went on a trip with a group of friends. And um, <laughs> there was this, there was this uh, one, one girl that I really wanted. But I knew my boy seen her first. I knew he wanted her. Mm. So what I did was I just made sure that I was around the girl more by using my, <laughs> you know, I'm silly. So I was making sure I was making her laugh, Yo, laugh more than Humor him. is a tool that people don't know. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's a lethal tool, for real. You, you know, and I'm good at it. I'm good <laughs> at it. So, you know, I just I just slid on, I slid my way in, you know, mm. and then, you know, I used that to my advantage. But yeah, you know, you know, sometimes it's, it's if, if it's, if it's not, the person's girlfriend, then, you know, sometimes it's, you know, every man's for itself, you know? It's experiences that allow us to have the wisdom that we have now and become the phenomenal men and family men and husbands and fathers that y'all are now, right? 
because I ain't a family man yet. Now, I mean, I'm gonna have one eventually, but you know, that made y'all into these phenomenal people right now, right? So, when and how did y'all learn about how relationships work? Because I know for me, um, I really had to learn on my own, and I'm still learning how it works, you know what I mean? But all of y'all are in relationships, or you're married, whatever, and you have beautiful families and whatnot. So, how did y'all get to this point? When did, and how did y'all learn how relationships work? See, I don't think there's this magic, uh, I guess, instructional book that'll help you have a better relationship. I really yeah. think it's just the 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 relationship you have with the person and how well you work with that person and how well you can anticipate that other other person's needs and i mean it's weird like my wife and i and i and i know this is this is going to sound so cliche but i feel like my wife and i know what each other are thinking mm. like like we can just look at each other and we can have that same thought um it's 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 weird um but you know, yeah, I just think I think that's what it's more so. Just the just how you work with that person. Mm. And if you are and if you're already a good team member and you know when to lean and you know when to to submit. Mm. Cuz I I don't believe in that whole Christian ideology where the woman is supposed to to submit. I think oh, we that, get there. We you get know, there. <laughs> I think that you know the man and the woman are equal team members in in this union and and that's just what the way it is and that's how me and my wife work but it, and it works for us and i'm not saying that works for everybody but yeah yeah and um i guess in terms of the relationships in terms of learning i i, I think relationships are you know a work in progress but i can honestly say in terms of like for a relationship to work like you need two whole people together nice. um you need the you know, work on yourself before you get in a relationship. Because if you don't, you know, it's going to be, you know, a lot of trial and tribulations. Um, marriage or, or being in a long-term relationship is already tough. But mm-hmm. if it's people who are, you know, a half of themselves or a quarter or feel, you know, uh, you know less than that of themselves, it's going to be t- a tough. So, you know, I think one thing I learned is like being whole. And then another thing is like being on the same page in terms of like your values, your morals, your views on money, uh, et cetera, this is so important, right? Your background, um, at least understanding the background of each other. So you really have to be transparent, right? For the, for the relationship to work mm-hmm. and communication is the lifeline of, of, of all relationships. So, you know, what I, what I learned um, is really that, you know, you have to give your best effort in a relationship. And one, a lot of people say that marriage is work. I don't agree with that. I think just marriage is a commitment. Right. With anything, whether you love or have a passion for, you mm. got to go to work every day. You got to put I mean, not go to work, but you got to put in uh, time. You got to put in the commitment each and every day. And that's that's how a relationship will work. Communicate, you know, trust that person, be transparent. And, you know, that relationship is going to you know last forever. So, you know, that's my thoughts. And, and I, like, you know, just to add to that. Um, also, you know, being equally yoked, that's the same thing in terms of the same page uh, is it, so important. And, and sometimes people will settle be based upon, you know, how they feel in a, a moment in time. But I think just waiting, working on yourself and then waiting for that right person, um, which, you know, I won't get into the list that, you know, some men and women have, but, mm. you know, they need to hit, hit certain, certain uh, standards that you have. That's true. And um, Mookie, one thing I like that you brought up was really showing up whole in a relationship. You know, um, that's one thing I look at retrospect with my last relationship. It was like, we both weren't whole. And I mean, um, she, I was working on my financial aspect. So I wasn't coming as strong as I could be. You know what I mean, but now I'm right now and I mean, getting there. 
But, um, you know, that, that's very important, you know, and when you're not taught about relationships, it's like you learn it on your own. So that's something I had to learn on my own, definitely showing up whole. And um, Jeff Johnson, he was on uh, BT The Basement, uh, Cousin Jeff, right? So one thing that he said was when it comes to relationships that you have to look at a woman as three people. That's your partner, your lover, and then a mother if you have kids, right? So for me, I realized mm, yeah. that I was failing in both of those things, both of those categories of partner and lover, because, you know, I was focused on my healing process when it came to my mental health journey and all that stuff. And then I wasn't able to actually hold my weight when it came to finances. So I was failing on the partner tip when it came to finances. However, you know, I was still cleaning up the apartment, washing dishes, doing whatever, you know, picking up on small stuff, you know, because you have to overcompensate in areas that you're weak in, and in other areas, I mean. And then also, you know, pouring into a woman because I think that a lot of men think that just because you're bringing in finances, that that's enough. Nah, like women are emotional beings. You know, you got to tend to them. You got to pour into them. I mean, it's, it's like a plant. You know, the more you you water them, the, the more beautiful they become and, you know, the glow they get and they grow as a person. So that's the way I look at relationships now, you know, three things that women are, you know, mother, partner, lover, and all that stuff. Um, so touch it back to what Will said, the topic of submission. So for me, I know that um, when, when I think about what it means for a woman to submit, right, to a man, it means that she touches you to lead the family to new levels of success, you know, and that doesn't mean that she doesn't have a say at all. But it just shows that, you know, um, you are focused, um, you are showing up whole, like Mookie said, and you're satisfying all those different areas, you know, so she can trust you. She can let her guards down and say, like, oh, he's got it. He's going to move along. Right. And um, one thing, you know, I always see now is like more so with men. They think that automatically just because they are men in the physical form or they bring in the money, that that's enough, you know. But nah, like if you're both of y'all working full time. It does not make sense for a woman to cook and do and do all the cooking and cleaning when you both are equally exhausted. It's a shared responsibility. That's a partnership. I mean, and I think that once a woman sees that y'all are working as a team and you're focused on becoming the best versions of yourself, uh, you're compensating for each other's weaknesses and strong points and whatnot, then that's when she's more likely to submit. And when I say best versions of yourselves, I mean, you know, as a couple and individually, because I think that oftentimes people think, you know, they put the relationship first, but they forget that they are individuals at the end of the day within a relationship. So, you know, that's my thought on what it means for a woman to submit to a man. So what are your ideas of what it means for a woman to submit to a man? I think it's absolutely nonsense. <laughs> I think it's nonsense. Mm. I mean, the word submit means accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. I don't want my wife to submit to me. I want my wife to work with me. Yeah. You know, there's, and, and, and speaking of like spirituality and, and science, like you, everything has a male and female counterpart. Yep. So yang and yang. You, you, you have to have that yin and you have to have that yang to order to, in order to make that balance. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe that the woman is more superior than the man or the man is more superior than the woman. I think it is, I think that we work together to create what we call life. No, I, I definitely agree with you on that point. Um, and I think that is giving take. But ultimately, like when I think about how um, society really attacks women, more so black women, um, I ain't talking to y'all other ones. So if y'all listening, uh, so sad, too bad. But when it comes to black women in particular, I think really <laughs> oh, shit. there's so many um, 
requirements on them. They had the weight on the world on their shoulders. So I think it's more so like it's just a chance for them to let their head, their the guards down, and to be taken care of. Care of. So that's when I, I that's so I guess furthering my definition for submission is more so like of just submitting the fact that she has to put up the strong black woman role and that she can become soft like she's supposed to be. Um, or because everyone has different energies when it comes to, you know, feminine and masculine, whatever, but just the right to be whoever she wants to be. And I mean, so, you know, just adding on to my definition, just showing, you know, like that society factors go into the point of submission. But my fault, Mookie, uh, you can go ahead and say what you want to say. Yeah. So, so one, uh, submission just has an, a negative connotation, um, in our culture, mm-hmm. uh, to begin with. Um, but, uh, submission, you know, has, has multiple meanings. Um, sometimes we choose to focus on the negative, but, uh, it's really, uh, submission is voluntary, right? It's, it's a mutual decision yeah. and it really allows someone to really consider like the feelings of someone else, um, and really allow them to open up their hearts to others. And, and that's, that's how I view it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times I want to just point out when a lot of times when people say, you know, uh, women submit to your wife, I mean, a woman submit to your husbands, um, they, they just focus on that one, you know, uh, portion of like the quote, which is really, it doesn't ever focus on, you know, what the, for the man perspective, right, which is for the man to love his wife as Jesus loved the church, right, mm-hmm. and, and, and regardless of your religious beliefs, we all know that uh, Jesus died for the love of the church and that's what it's all about self-sacrifice um and and that's that's what's required we're, we're supposed to submit to others but i do believe in terms of there's roles in, in in our household right like at the end of the day like we are mothers we're fathers we're husbands and wives they are not the same we have different different um rules within our home uh in terms of how you run your home, right? And it may be, you know, for some, you know, they say we're a partnership and I 100% agree with that, but mm-hmm. men lead, men protect, men provide, right? That's how we, we're grown up. That's how we feel in terms of our family household. And it's important that we do that. And, and it's not saying that we're better than our wives or anything. It's just saying that we're leading uh, together um, and we're making sure that we're doing what's best interest for our wives at all times, our family at all times, and really just making sure that, you know, we're building the legacies that's important. Uh, so that's my viewpoints on it. I, nah, I definitely agree with y'all. You know, we, we make up, we all have some valid points, definitely. So there's no right or wrong thing there. But, you know, I always think that it's very interesting seeing other people's perspectives when it comes to that, definitely. So if you can go back and give yourself game from 10 years ago, your younger self, mm. what would that advice be? Um, I, I know for me, it would be to apply myself to trust into in my abilities, my natural given talents. And I mean, um, for me, I never really knew my value when it came to my video and creative work and whatnot. And, you know, I'm seeing people who are not as skilled as me making this money. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? What's, what's the deal? But it's really finding that confidence within and knowing that I am actually the shit, like stats have shown it. You know, I, I put numbers on the board, you know, but it's more so just trusting in my ability and to demand my value. So I know for me, if I can go back and get myself game 10 years ago, that's what it would be, along with work on your motherfucking emotional intelligence and, and you know, all that stuff, really. But um, what about y'all? What was some stuff that uh, you would give the, the game, you know, you put on yourself 10 years ago? 
I would tell myself three things. Go learn African spirituality and African culture. Mm-hmm. Study it. It's an ongoing process, but it is it is mind blowing. Um, two, I would say is is work on yourself. Become the best person that you see. So become that person you see in your head. Because I always saw this person in my head, and I wasn't that person on the exterior. But I was like, I want to be that person on the exterior. So I had to work on that person. So I would say work on yourself. Yeah. And then third is invest. Save your money, invest in in, 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 in high growth potential companies and, and just sit and let your money grow. Yeah, for myself, um, as far as like advice I would give one, um, you said ten years ago. Can I go like fifteen? Can I go fifteen years? So go back go as much as you want, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna go fifteen. One, I'm be like, yeah, student loans, say no to. Whatever you gotta do, <laughs> work scholarships. Uh, lie on your FAFSA. I mean, do whatever you gotta have to do to you, sir. Do whatever you got to do to avoid student loans, because I think, you know, that's the anchor of our generation as a whole, right? Having student loans. But so that would be my first advice, right? Like avoid student loans as, as much as possible Two, um, you know, first job, like, uh, you know, max out that 401k, you know, uh, invest um, Two, don't get that brand new car. <laughs> like, don't get that brand new car when you got bad credit. Um, and then four, I would be, um, you know, just say like, to myself, you know, t- tough times don't last, tough people do. So, you know, mm-hmm. things are going to work out. And um, if it's not okay now, we'll be in it. I'm proud of you. And one thing I just want to add, I was just thinking about this, and we probably have the same sentiment. It's like, if I can go back 10 years, I would like spend so much more time with my grandmother who passed mm-hmm. away nine, uh, nine years ago. Like this is like right before she got sick. I would spend so much more time with her. Um, because I didn't see her as much uh, uh, before she got sick mm-hmm. um, during that year. So I would definitely just spend time with her, tell her I love her, and, you know, um, yeah, just be there. Oh, I'm sorry. The most important part I forgot to say, I would say to myself is to stop caring about what other people say about you. That is an ongoing struggle, and that is a demon of mine. But, yeah, if I, can, if I could get started in that fight earlier, oh, man, my life would be so much more <laughs> more advanced than it is now. Nah, I feel you, but those are life lessons, you know, that made us the, the men that we are today, you know. We're doing a thing, and we know we, we out here setting the example and setting the tone and being the positive role models for y'all kids, at least. I don't got no kids yet. My kids still with me and my boss. So anyway, but uh, so I got this segment on the show called The Karen Chronicles, right? So let me hear about a time where you had to deal with a Karen, a Chad, a Tanner, um, a Kyle, Billy, whoever that you have dealt with when it came to, you know, race relations. I mean, race relations within whatever fields you are working in or just in general in life. You ever play Xbox Live? Oh, shit. I heard about them. (laughs) (laughs) You play Xbox Live and, you know, once 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 those white those white Southerners devout Christian people <laughs> get a hold of my blackness. Oh man, I was getting all types of nigger calls and 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 they would say, I remember one time they were like, he must be a nigger. <laughs> like just like that. He must be a nigger. And I was just like, like this is real. Like I, and mind you, I've never been called nigger before. And the fact that I was called nigger through Xbox, a, a place where it's supposed to be like, you know, fun for kids like you and me. <laughs> like mm-hmm. no, I got called nigger. Um but yeah. Yeah, I remember a vivid Karen um, uh, memory. 
uh, I was at McDonald's and uh, I was with my cousin and we were about to park and and, and, this, and this white woman, she just tr- took the parking spot right in front of us, like on some like some movie type stuff. Mm. And my cousin was heated, right? So we parked the car, we went into McDonald's and, you know, she said, hey, you cut me off and everything like that. And the lady just was like spazzing on her, this white woman, you know, basically like wagging, uh, like uh, showing her a white privilege to her. And then she like, she said something like, F you to my cousin. My cousin just ordered like coffee and um, she had ran in her car and she was running by. My cousin, my cousin just took that coffee and just Ooh. right on her. Oh, your, cousin real, your cousin real. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I was like, that's justice right there. But yeah, that was my memory. Okay, okay. Yeah, and sidebar, that coffee was cold. It wasn't hot, hot coffee. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. It's still staying some shit, though. It's all good. But uh, 30 Life Podcast, Mookie Brown, Cooley, I truly appreciate y'all. Thank you for coming on to the Miseducation of the People. Can y'all go ahead and plug y'all stuff and anything y'all may have coming on and, you know, tell the people where they can find the podcast? Well, I have to. we have to do our outro. It's your boy, Mookie. And your favorite color in the world. Brown. Yeah, it's your regular podcast guy, Cooley. Yeah, and you can find us on 30 to Life Pod on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, same thing as uh, 30 to Life Pod. Uh, we're on all the major uh, podcast platforms. We just got uh, featured by Amazon Music, so all shout right. out to Jeff Bezos. And we already was featured on Apple Podcasts, so shout out to apple but um but yeah you follow us uh, subscribe uh listen to our episode uh, episodes and uh anything else i gotta say brown cooley no i'm good i uh oh oh shout out to lakers shout out to lakers uh lebron is not goat but he is goat number two okay (laughs) all right fellas appreciate y'all yo make sure y'all go ahead and rate review subscribe i mean to the podcast you know and i'll catch y'all later The Miseducation of the People podcast is proudly brought to you by the Real Talk Session Series, where all we do is provide that real talk only. All right, later. Miseducation.